Scripture reading this morning will be from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. 1 Corinthians, chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. Good morning, good morning. It is great to be here in warm, balmy Midland, Texas. I'll tell you what, perspective always helps. Think of this truth with me. Numbers tell the story, but numbers rarely tell the whole story. Numbers tell the story, but numbers rarely tell the whole story. I left for the airport at 8 a.m. in Denver, Colorado. It was 8 below zero at the time. Warm, balmy Midland by way of comparison. And while it was really cold and it had snowed, on my way to the airport, as one of the students was taking me, we looked up in the sky and it was impossible to miss it. There was a rainbow. It was probably the most beautiful rainbow I've ever seen. And when I first saw it, it looked like it was just a ladder going up into heaven with pristine, beautiful color. You know, there was so much moisture still in the air and it was so cold. And as the sun came up, it was so beautiful. And At first, it looked like it was just one side of the rainbow, and I started looking around. And just a little ways behind us was the other side of the rainbow. And it's about a 45-minute drive from where I stay to the airport. And we saw the rainbow, and it never dissipated for about 30 minutes of the drive. Numbers tell the story, but they never tell the whole story. And a congregational budget tells the story, but it doesn't tell the whole story. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I will focus this morning especially on verse 9. We are God's fellow workers. But one of the things I want to bring out in verse 9 is this. Verse 9 really says initially, God's we are. It says initially, God's we are. In other words, we belong to God, we're His possession. God, who can say for all creation that there's not a square inch where he can't say mine, says especially of his people, 
he says, God's we are. Now that was pretty significant when there was a group of people at Corinth saying, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Peter, I'm of Jesus. He wants them to understand that the church is God's, that the work being done is the work of God, that the teaching being done must be the teaching of God, that God's we are. And how much better off congregations would be when they consider every aspect of their life in ministry if we just stopped for a moment and said, God's we are. We belong to Him. Say it with me. God's we are. Sorry? God's we are. We belong to Him. God's we are. I can say that the church does not belong to the preachers. Thank God. The church does not belong to the preachers. I've been here 24 years, but this is not my church. It belongs to somebody way better and bigger than Mike Vestal. God's we are. This church does not belong to the elders, though they oversee it. It's not Terry's church, and it's not Lynn's church. It's the church of our Lord. He bought it. He paid for it. It's His. God's, we are. It's not a member that says, I've gone to that place all my life. The church is not yours, ultimately. The church is Christ. It's not belonging to big givers. I've given a lot of money to that church. It's not your church. While you care about the church because you care about God and the things of God, that's understandable, but ultimately the church and every aspect of its life and work belongs to God. It belongs to God. And the sooner we realize that and appreciate it, the more God can be honored and glorified and the more unity and love will exist within the body of Christ. God's we are. And don't act like it can't happen. It was happening at Corinth. I'm a Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm a Peter. It can happen in a congregation. But God's we are. Now notice secondly from 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9. And I know that this is true about God's we are because of the way the rest of the passage continues to develop. I know what it says. We are laborers together with God. If you've got the King James Version. We're God's fellow laborers. And that's true. But the point that Paul is making in this context to a divided group of people is that God's we are. We need to get the main thing, the main thing, and keep it as such. Keep it there. We are God's fellow workers. Any and every ministry that goes on in this congregation is ultimately to God. Not to us, O oh Lord, not to us, but to your name be glory. Psalm 115 and verse 1. Whatever the ministry 
missions, evangelism, Adam and I traveling places to speak, benevolence, education, youth, whatever the ministry may be at Westside. We are fellow ministers, fellow laborers. And the purpose is to honor and praise God. Sometimes in a congregation, because there's only a certain amount budgeted, I've seen over the years that sometimes people who have their pet ministries kind of compete against other areas. And we look out for things that we're concerned about. And I can appreciate brethren being concerned about particular ministries. And I believe our elders can appreciate that too. But there should not be competition when it comes to the ministry of God's people. We are fellow workers. The nature of ministry is to God, whatever its form is. To the work, to the work, we are servants of God. I want to be a worker for the Lord. Now let me go back and do two things. God's, we are. That takes care of our identity as the church. God's, we are. Now secondly, that expression, fellow laborers or fellow workers, that takes care of the activity, remember that word, activity of God's people. Whatever we do, ministry in all of its uh, diversity of, of ways that it can be given, individually and collectively, it's to be to God. Now notice thirdly, the passage says we are God's field. God's field. And by that you might put down God's garden. West side, how does the garden grow? God's field. God's garden. And here's the emphasis. Paul would say, he would write, I planted, Apollos watered, but, but what? But God, what? Gave the increase. God's field, God's garden. And what is interesting here is in Matthew 13, Jesus talked about the parable of the sower, as we commonly call it, you know, and the different types of soil. But here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and this passage, what he's wanting us to see in verse 9 is that the church of Jesus Christ needs to make sure that its soil brings fruit by planting and watering, letting God give the increase to His glory. Now the word fruit, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. John, 5, uh, John 15 verses 8 and 9. Yes, we can bear fruit in that sense, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5 
Verses 22 and 23, the fruit of souls. Paul would speak of in Romans chapter 1. The fruit of holiness, Romans 6.22. Fruit. God's field involves God's church planting in the soil, its soil, and watering and letting God give the increase. As a congregation, how are we doing with our planting and with our watering? When we plant and water and take care of the soil, God will give the increase. Our soil. Lastly, this passage says that we are God's building. Now let me go back to that last truth. God's field. And the word I want you to remember is quantity. Quantity. At the beginning, that we are... God's people. God's we are. Identity. Then we talked about fellow laborers. And that has to do with activity. God's field has to do with quantity. It's amazing how you can plant a seed and get a lot of fruit. That's how the church should look at things. And then this idea of being God's building. Look at how the passage unfolds. The passage deals with the foundation of the building. Verse 11, of the foundation can no man lay other than that which has been laid, even Christ Jesus. Look at verses 12 through 17, where the materials, the right foundation, the right materials. As Christians, we make up God's building. The building is not the church, but God's people are described as a building. Keep looking at the passage. What you'll see in verses 18 through 20 is you build according to the right plan, according to the will and desire of God himself. And then in verses 21 through 23, we build with the right motivation We don't boast in anything or anyone except God. We don't care who gets the credit as long as God gets the glory. That's the idea here. And while sometimes it seems like preachers get credit, while sometimes and a lot of times it may seem that shepherds get the credit, it doesn't matter really who gets credit as long as God gets the glory. Get this in your heart and the very soul. Do all the good. Let's do all the good we can. Let's do all the good we can. In all the ways that we can. Let's do all the good we can in all the ways we can. For as long as we can. To the praise and glory of the great I am. I have little doubt that someone in this assembly that 2024 may be our last year. 
before we go to be with the Lord, do all the good we can in all the ways we can for as long as we can to the praise and glory of the great I am. The elders have allowed me in preaching this lesson to get a sneak peek at the 2024 budget. It's challenging and it's aggressive. Do all the good you can and all the ways you can for as long as you can to the praise and glory of the great I am. And I also want you to know, though, that numbers tell the story, but they only begin to tell the story. As I looked at this, and I don't want to speak too much about this, the elders will, but there's a $25,000 increase in missions for 2024. And our missions budget is well over $100,000 for the year. In a congregation this size, we ought to praise God for that. Evangelism. Evangelism, over $50,000 is designated to evangelism in this year's budget. And to put faces on that. It includes Lynetta Solomon, the widow of Andrew Solomon, who faithfully served in the Caribbean for many, many years. Sister Solomon is still working in the Lord and studying, but she is the widow of someone who didn't make much money when he was preaching and I believe that it is a special thing for this congregation to consider this lady and to keep supporting her in some matter while her husband has gone to be with the Lord. He did a great job for us, and I would question something about this congregation if we didn't want to do something for her. She's not a young lady anymore, though she works like she is. House of Recovery in Mount Vernon, Texas, East Texas, is also under this aspect of our budget. And they deal with young men especially who have addiction issues. And they have been doing a great work to which a number of you can testify. In evangelism... In evangelism, another fifty to sixty thousand dollars is designated. And in evangelism, this often means the people that we are helping in preachers' training schools. Men in three different schools, I believe, are presently being helped: the Fiji School, Southwest School of Preaching, and Bear Valley. Numbers don't tell the whole story. With the goodwill of this congregation and the support of the elders, I just got back from Bear Valley teaching there for the week. I taught chapel before the entire student body and all the faculty each day. Bear Valley alone supports 61 satellite schools in 31 countries throughout the world. 
4,500 people were baptized into Christ in 2023 through those schools, those schools alone, an average of over 12 a day. About 125 congregations were started in places throughout the world, and that's one ministry. And then I think about young men like Bryce Mayfield, young men who will live longer than most of us in this assembly, and we are supporting him and Weston Moses and others to preach the message of Jesus long after we're gone. In my judgment, that's a very good investment that we can make as a congregation. Education. I loved seeing this. There is about a 25% increase in church education as far as the budget's concerned. I am as excited about 2024 as I have been excited about any year in a long time. I believe that you will appreciate the budget. And I believe that you will give generously because Westside has always come up to the challenge. By my calculations, it's about $9,500 a week or so we are talking about. But it is a budget that can be met because when God's people wants to do all the good they can in all the ways they can for as long as we possibly can, to the praise and glory of the great I am, God will give the increase. Just a quick word or two about what about some things in this congregation. We want to have a marriage seminar this year for this congregation. More about that really, really soon. The elders said, let's do it when we brought it to their attention. We want to have a singing school, helps for our song leaders and help for the congregation as a whole and making our praise pure and uplifting and more God-honoring. I think that's a great thing. And we are continuing our work in so many areas. One of the things we're talking about doing is having a a pulpit swap with the Lee Street congregation. We've established something of a relationship with Lee Street, especially over the last several years. We've always had a good relationship. But swapping pulpits with them, and by that I mean their preacher, Richard Oldham, would come over and preach for us on a Sunday night, and they would bring all the brethren, and they would be here with us at Westside. And the following Sunday, Adam or I will go over there and preach, and all of Westside will go and be with the brethren there. We need to take steps to let people know that those of every race and people are precious to God. I'm excited about things like that. And I hope you will be too. And I hope that matters like these will fill your prayers and that we ask God to accomplish great things as we look to honor and praise His name.
Numbers tell the story, but they rarely tell the whole story. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement. Maybe there is a precious soul here today that wants to put on Jesus Christ in baptism. You want to be added to the body of Christ. You want to be a citizen in His kingdom. One soul, well, you might think only one, but one soul is more precious than the world itself, Matthew 16, 26. Numbers tell the story, but never the whole story. The whole story is told only when we look at everything through the lens of the glory of God. Let us